Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. Well, let's dig into it. We've got um, a new series that we're kicking off into today as we've been talking about. We've been in the life of Jesus for 18 months. It was uh, one of our longer, not our longest series that we've ever had over our 19 years, but one of our longer ones. And now we're going to build off of that as we look at discipleship, going to be more like Jesus. If you remember about a month or so ago, we I asked everybody to kind of just hand off to me with those communication cards for how they define discipleship. And uh, we have some things to kind of go back and learn because it's one of those words we use a lot and we don't fully understand it. Um, a, lot, a lot of us kind of got it. Some of us thought discipleship was the same as evangelism, the two different things, even though they go hand in hand. And so we're going to be starting at least, at least three-month study series on discipleship and how to take and build on what, everything we just took in on the intimacy of Jesus and then start growing it more and more within ourselves. And so today is going to be the, kind of the first step of that, of looking at the four chairs of discipleship as defined by a guy named Dan Spader. Uh, it was interesting. I've got some, uh, there's a couple different ministerial groups that I'm part of. Um, I, one of my favorite ones is just myself. Uh, Pastor Peter down here at Cornerstone, Pastor Jeremiah from Rise Church. He's kind of a younger ministry. He's been there for a couple of years. He's the new kid uh, on the block for us, and he's been doing some mentorship with us and Pastor Jeff from uh, Mount Vernon Avenue Church of Christ. And that one is more buddies. We're just hanging out as buddies, and, and we, we talk and share life and whatnot. And we were kind of talking about where we're at as a church right now, and he actually was the one who first brought up this, this book. Like, have, have you ever heard of the four steps of discipleship? And I had, and from a different standpoint, I was actually talking to Neil and Lisa about some other things that we've seen out there with a similar name. But um, this was different, and it's simple, and I like it to kind of give us some vocabulary to be able to work on when it comes to our discipleship as we move forward together. So that's where we're headed. Everybody good? Everybody in? Okay. So do me a favor. Right now we're going to get into some scripture. I like to, you know how I am. I like to read a little, talk a little. Uh, there's a lot of bullet points and bullet point verses today, but this will kind of get us uh, started as an overview in Luke 9. Luke 9 is where we're headed. It's going to be verse 23. Again, if you don't have Bibles, there's Bibles in the baskets underneath the chairs around the room. Uh, Uversion, if you use Uversion, which is a national app, uh, do a look for uh, live events, local live events. You'll see TSF in today's date. And you have all the scriptures there and places to take notes and whatnot. But we're going to start there where it comes from looking at Jesus to how Jesus called people to follow him. So, so verse 23, it says this, Jesus said to all, make sure you get that, to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever shall uh, save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does a profit a man or a woman if he gains or she gains the whole world and loses or forfeits themselves? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, to, in the glory of the Father and in the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here that will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. A lot of people get hung up on the last verse. A lot of people start talking about that from a heaven standpoint. And they, they, they all died. It was Jesus. Remember the last 18 months as we're looking at Jesus, we're looking at kingdom of God living now. 
We'll, uh, this is also, you can get real theologically more deep on this with the, the, uh, the transfiguration of Jesus, which happens shortly thereafter. But even just looking from a kingdom of God standpoint, trust me, it's good. It's not the sermon, but it's good. What is in the sermon is this invitation that Jesus gives to all. And it's very simple. He says, if you deny yourself, if you take up the cross daily, and you follow me. That's, that's really where the starting point is. That's where we're going to be starting out. Um, so basically, if I'm a Christian, which is not a term in Jesus' time, but it was shortly thereafter, if you read the, church, the city of Antioch, started calling uh, disciples of Jesus and, uh, Christians, which means Christ-like, which is really cool that the city looked at the church and said, man, they're so much like that Jesus guy. We'll just call him Christ-like. But we use the term Christian. If we're going to be a disciple, the starting point is accepting this invitation, is accepting this. If you deny yourself, die to yourself, right? Take up your cross when? Daily. Daily. And that's a challenge that some of us have as far as like Sunday morning stuff for Christians or Christmas, Easter, or when it's convenient. Every day I wake up, I choose to take on the cross and follow him as the invitation that we're going to be leaning into. There's some warnings in there if you missed them. If we don't, and we continue to try to hold on to self and trying to do this my way, because Tom, Tom's not super stupid, but I am worldly smart, which is pretty much stupid as well. So when I'm trying to do it my own way, I might be able to make some progress, but in the long run, I'm going to, I'm going to lose, it, lose it all. That's why he says if you gain the whole world, and lose yourself. I mean, if you got boat, house, family, all the nice things in place that you always want to be, and then you go to hell, what's the point? Right? right? So that, that's the whole point that he has here with the warnings. But if we deny ourselves, if we carry our cross daily, if we follow him, then it's a whole different life. We don't have to keep leaning into consumerism. What can this church do for me? What can I, I buy? What can I get? You know, those type of things. We don't have to be selfishness. We don't have to be self-control. I don't have to be in charge of my money my way, my schedule my way, my family my way. If I just give it all to him and he cares about all that, it's all gravy. It's all gravy. So what we're going to look at a little bit deeper in today is what it means to do that, to disciple that. And there's, um, we're going to kind of embrace this communication tool as a way to evaluate as the Spirit leads to us where we're at when it comes to these four chairs. And uh, also we're going to learn some ways of how to progress especially if we start out someplace in our, our Christian walk. Sound good? Okay, so the first thing is going to be this. And with Lisa's help, we'll put up the definition of um, disciple because, as I've said a billion times before, we all define different words different ways, and so it's good that we all get on the same page. But we're defining a disciple for this study and for this season as one who follows a rabbi, desiring not just to learn the teaching, but to become a reproduction of the teacher in their life in the practical ways. So if you're watching The Chosen, you're watching Hallmark movies about Jesus' life, you're watching whatever the case may be, oftentimes you're going to see that they're not just following and showing up sometimes to learn some things. They're learning to become that rabbi. So if I was a rabbi in that time, not just talking about Jesus yet, but if I was a rabbi at that time, I'm going to be looking for students that are kind of top of their class in their elementary years when all the, the Jewish boys would be going to their version of VBS, per se, at the synagogue. And I want the ones that are kind of in my ballpark, but also very 
good, very studious, very committed. And for those looking at who's going to be the rabbi that they follow, they're looking at somebody that I don't want to just learn from you. It's not like I'm going to college and I get 16 different classes from 16 different professors. I want to be you. So that was the, the rabbi's goal is that if this half of the room was my disciples, that the goal is in a period of time when I'm dead, you're the next Tom's. You're the one that's taking forward that message. You're that example in, in the practical lives. You're living as Tom lived is what rabbis would be, which, of course, plays in beautifully to Jesus as our rabbi, which, we, which digs in uh, deeply when we look at the disciples following Jesus, not just the apostles, not just the, the 12 that we were called, but the disciples that followed him, which at the time were thousands, and at the end was about 140 uh, at, the, at that point. And we're going to look at how they grew during that time that they were with Jesus. Does that make sense? So if you want to go deeper... Four-Chair Discipling by that Dan Spader. If you don't know who that is, you can look at the workbooks that we've been giving out um, for free. If there's a lot more to this book that I'm not anywhere interested in really digging into, it's great for you to have, but again, for me, it's just our communication tool starting today. You ready? So four chairs from my lovely basement at home that I have not used for years. Um, Okay, so each one's going to have a different point, and also gives me a chance to sit. <coughs> I have to use that big stool. Chair one, Lisa, is come and see. If you're going to take notes, this is the first, first thing to look at. Come and see. Another way that you might put it is seekers, um, people that are lost, people who don't know Jesus yet. I personally, I kind of struggle with the word lost. Uh, just because if you're talking to somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet and you say, you're lost, then it kind of come off offensive. But in reality, it's what it is. It's not just um, nice people that need a little bit of sprinkling of Jesus in their life. It's we're lost. We don't have him. We're born into sin. All of us have been in this chair at one point or another. All of us. And it's a place where... uh, might seem, like I said, we can, it's amazing what we can do. You ever, like the story about the Tower of Babel, uh, the thing that always kills me about that story is that man decided they're going to build this tower to, to heaven, uh, which was not God's, God's will. But there's a point in it, if you ever read it, well, check it out at home tonight, um, where God looks at them and says, man, they can really do something when they get together. It's not what I want them to do, but look at them. <laughs> you know, we can do big things. But it's not the same thing as doing God's will. It's not what he's created us for. It's not what, what I'm really made to shine as. And um, so we, we have people in, in tier one. And I think generally we under, understand what it's like to be there. Now, so the reason why I sit, we say come and see is because this is the invitation that Jesus used often for people who have not come to him yet. Uh, people that are interested, people that are asking questions, come and see. Come, come, come check it out. They, they went and they stayed the day with Jesus and saw where he was staying and they wanted to know more about him. Um, this is very true within our, our own lives and with people around us as well. Um, one of the things that we see a lot of times with seekers is they need Christians in their lives that are willing to enter their life relationally. They need people that know Jesus to be able to enter in and love them. Love them. Uh, Christians uh, who are prepared themselves to be able to give their testimony. And, and if, if you've ever just, like, just accepted Jesus to be forgiven your life and you don't know anything else about the Bible, you have your testimony, right? From day one, we can be, be taking and helping people if we're willing to share our personal business. 
because it's not a personal business. It's something God entrusted us with to share with others. The guy that, that became, uh, that was blind his entire life and was able to see, and people were asking about, about Jesus. He goes, I know nothing. All I know is yet, earlier I couldn't see anything. Now I can see anything. That was Jesus. That's all I got. That's the testimony. This is what it used to be. Jesus showed up. Now I've got this. Uh, and so we, we need that within those lives of, of seekers. Uh, any questions are available. Any questions that are presenting the gospel clearly. Now, to present the gospel clearly, uh, where did I put that? Here it is. I, there's a billion ways. Uh, if you happen to be here a couple of weeks ago, uh, we did our little impromptu skit with Mike, who fell down on the ground, and Stein, who was God. If you weren't here, I'll have to explain that better later, because uh, that probably sounds odd. But um, the, the way that I would kind of explain it today would be uh, what, what they call the Romans Road. Have you guys heard of the Romans Road before, anybody? Okay, and we have a, some, these are some of the scriptures. These are the scriptures I'm going to concentrate on today. There's a few extra scriptures after Romans 10 uh, that are in you version. It's also in this little, oh, actually it's not. I have ha printed half of these bulletins. I'll print the rest of them for you later. Um, they're usually out in the, uh, the lobby for free, but I hmm, took the last one and then didn't give you guys new. It is on the website as well. But Romans wrote is a select scriptures from Paul's letter to Rome that really brings the gospel well into a presentation. Uh, so, for instance, if you were here today and you were a seeker, if you were lost, uh, one thing that we need to remember, again, Romans 3.23, all sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And I think that one helps us quite a bit as Christians, too, because it makes sure that we don't get an attitude when it comes to evangelism, because I'm not better than you. I just am saved, and so would like to have that for you, too. Uh, I've screwed up. I've sinned. Uh, I'm dumb enough to tell you guys probably about half of them so far over the last couple of years. Um, and so are they. We're all in the same boat. We've all been born into sin. We've all messed up. So that, I think that's a very comforting voice um, for, for, for all of us. Uh, Romans 6:23, uh, for the wages of sin is death. So if we all sin, we all deserve one thing, death. That's when we had Mike take him crash out on the floor. As if we try to go to God without Christ, it doesn't work out too well. That's what we all, all deserve. Uh, but 5:8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what last week was all about. That's what every breath is all about. Right? Is that Christ came to the cesspool out of his heavenly throne room to be able to live with us, laugh with us, cry with us, hug on us, teach us, become our rabbi, die for us, raise for us. That was the gift they gave us, even though we didn't deserve it in any way, shape, or form. But because of his love, he paid that price. Uh, Romans 10, 9, 10 is the next one up there. This is one you hear me talk about almost every week in different ways. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. If you, if you were here today and this was just like, going, we're talking about, you're like, hey, I kind of heard some of these things before, but it's just kind of clicking. Literally, you don't have to wait till we have some kind of kumbaya moment later on in the surface. You can just sit there and ignore me for a little bit and say, God, I need you. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again. I, I believe in your grace and your forgiveness. And, I, and I, I want you to be king, not me. I'm done trying to do this thing all by myself. I want to follow you. I surrender to you, which again, is follow me. Surrender yourself. Take up your cross daily. I'm in on that. And you're saved. That, that's how easy. Now, it's not, 
easy to point that you say a little prayer and then do whatever you want after it because now you got to get them the heaven free card. You, you are surrendering everything. Surrendering everything. But it, it, he makes it easy to be able to accept him. Uh, Romans 10, 13 backs this up just a couple of verses later. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, period. Period. It's a promise. And again, like I said, there's some other verses in, in here. You can have my copy back if you want. Uh, or look online. That talks about after the fact. But for those sitting here, that's what we need to be able to move here. So if I'm here because I'm lost, then I need the gospel. If I'm thinking about this because I am saved myself, then we have to move this tier two. We have to. Okay, so say uh, I accept Jesus as leader and forgive him my life. Uh, I'm serious about it, and I'm moving forward. Then we got tier two. I'm moving over. Oh, man walking. Tier two. This is come and see. This is come check it out, right? This is I'm inviting you to church. I'm inviting you to TSF worship. is doing something in the community. I'm inviting you to VBS. I'm inviting you to... Uh, coffee with some Christian buddies of mine at Panera to, to hang out, whatever it is. Come and see, come and check it out. But once I accept Jesus as leader and forgive my life, we're looking to follow me. This is, this is chair two. This is where everybody moves once they accept Jesus as leader and forgive their lives. Um, and this is a time, like, when he got to the point that he started saying to them, follow me, here we have an example with Philip. Um, it's moving past, okay, you saw it, you, you accepted it, you're in. Then we start looking at what Jesus did with the disciples for about the first year and a half and two years of his time here. Um, they have to learn how to go from being completely and totally new, right? Except Jesus, forgive your life. It's a new life. It's a new beginning. How to go from that to maturing. So here, you're, you're, you're basically a baby when you first accept Jesus, forgiving your life. And so if we start looking at them in the scripture or in our Bible studies, um, we see them asking a lot of questions, which was very normal for, for rabbis. They would, they would teach by asking questions to draw it out of people. Um, they would be asking a lot of questions. They would be in the study of Jesus' words, uh, which we do through the, through the scripture or through our, our studies or whatever the case would be. Um, we, they, they would be learning how to uh, stop thinking like the world and how to be more uh, kingdom of God living. There would be a lot of things that they're learning. They're learning how to walk. They're learning how to talk. They're learning how to try uh, dabbling in ministry a little bit in safe places. So when they mess up, Jesus is like, that's okay. You can't. I mean, if you look at it from a baby standpoint, babies learn how to walk. Baby falls down on his face in the middle of the living room. No one la points and laughs at him or else you've got a pretty jacked up family. It's, and some of you do. But the... Uh, the, but, but it's, it's okay. My, the, the media thing for most of us, it's okay, don't cry, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Same thing, we're, we're moving forward, we're allowed to make boo-boo errors, we're learning, we're basically learning how to be potty trained and getting the, the junk and the crap out of our life, right? And, and we're, we're moving forward to be able to be more mature. We are toddlers, we are babies in this particular setting. Um, for, for those, there's principles. I think I skipped them for chair one, but let's go to principles uh, to, to reach out. Um, one thing that's very important is when someone accepts Jesus as a leader for giving their life, if you're involved with leading someone to the Lord, uh, they need immediate nurture because uh, new Christians will struggle in many cases, won't survive if they're not. Uh, same thing as a baby. If you don't breastfeed a baby, you don't give baby formula, shove them in a box for a week, children's services shows up, things aren't going too good, right? 
Same, same thing spiritually. We, we need others around us to help us and to grow. Um, get, we need to give personal attention to the basics of Christian life. We don't need to be having big theological talks about the things that you and I will never understand until we get to heaven anyways. Uh, as much as the things that we assume that we know are being expressed and taught. Um, we don't forget the importance of our identity in Christ and teaching them how to find their identity in Christ. Uh, and spiritual children need family. And so that's another big part of our Christian community. So, um, okay, I'm going to it's like, move on. I want to get some symbols up here so we don't forget what we had. So, for seekers, binoculars. And a little pair that I just shoved down on the ground. I keep forgetting I had these little ones. These ones I bought. It's that's a pretty good looking crowd. We can try. You're very blurry. I don't know how to use these things. I bought these on our first trip to Alaska for our 15th wedding anniversary. We're very far away from you guys. Uh, we're 24 years this year. Right? Okay. That's why we got married in 2000. Both of us agree. Okay. So I bought these on our first trip to Alaska. And uh, I remember Jenny saying, like, do we really need them? I was like, oh, I'll use them all the time. So this is the second time I'm using them. <laughs> and they're now a tax write-off. Okay. Two... I need Jessica's help. Jessica, save me on this one. Don't trip on the little binoculars I'm ignoring. It's not like that bad. Now, let me talk to you about the Ferratinis. I was, Amanda might be mad at her husband who's sitting in front of her, but we shut down that whole area, and they still set up their row. You guys are crazy. Okay. Put it there. It's right there. Donna, look at Donna. She's like, people can sit next to me. Why do you want you guys sit next to me? I've been saying that I think Michael comes in when we're not here, and he has set all that up like as a bomb shelter, like there's metal and stuff in there. And that you guys show. Okay. That's what we need. Frozen, baby. Oh, look at Olaf. So this is babies. This is where we're going. How long will you be there? We'll talk about it in a second, but this depends on the person. Okay. But I want to talk about chair three before I really get into that more. Chair three is fishers of men. You get about a year and a half, two years into the ministry, and Jesus starts talking more about being fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Um, this is when we start evangelism here. But this is when we're really evangelizing because we have more that's invested in us, and whatever's invested in us is charged to us to use for the kingdom of God. So I don't want to be, I remember back in the 80s, there was a, a Christian musician that I really like and still like named uh, Steve Taylor. And most of his uh, points that he made in his music were through sarcasm. So I love the guy, right, because I'm big on sarcasm. Um, and he had his very first song was, uh, I Want to Be a Clone. And the entire thing was about a guy who just got saved and he wants to tell people about Jesus. And the church is like, oh, no, 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 no. You have to first learn how to be like us. That's not what we're talking about. You have a testimony. You might have studied the Bible for eons like Saul before you came to know Jesus, and now it makes sense. So you might have other things, even from that stage, that you can use to reach others. Um, but there's a calling to go from me to the kingdom, to, to really get an outward focus instead of a consumeristic standpoint of looking at me all the time. Uh, the scripture I'll give you for this, I don't have it in the thing, so don't worry about it, uh, Lisa, but if you don't, you can, don't turn there, but if you want to write it down, Luke 5, Luke 5, 1 through 11, um, is when 
we see this with, with Peter, that he's been following Jesus, but the, the, and this is, I think you guys probably know the story, where um, Jesus is teaching on the beach, and people are pressing in on him, so he gets in the boat of Peter and uh, Andrew, or Simon and Andrew, to go out a little bit so he's not crushed to death from the crowd, and he teaches, and he finishes up teaching, and then he looks at uh, Simon and Andrew, and he's like, hey, did you guys catch any fish? You remember, this happens a couple times, but this, I think, is the first time, and um, Simon and Andrew are like, thank you for bringing up such a sensitive topic, right? It's like, no, we didn't catch anything. And so Jesus says, go out into the deep, cast your nets, right? You know this? And they're like, dude, you're killing us. We've been doing it all night. It's not happening. And uh, so he says, just do it one more time. And they finally reluctantly do it. And they get a miraculous catch. And they have to have John and James come out. And they help him with the net, to drag him, right? You remember this story? Um, this, at the end of that, at the completion of that, it's verse, um, let's see. Verse 10, Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now on you'll be catching men. And then when they brought their boats to the land, they left everything, including the miraculous catch, and they followed him. And I, I like to make sure we dig into that first steps with them on this chair, because um, at that point they were just kind of following the rabbi to learn, and now they're going outwards. They, we've got Jesus asking them to do something that doesn't sound very fun, and they did it. Um, I like it because Simon gets a, this statement that's kind of between one and two where he's saying, um, go away from me, Jesus, because I'm a sinner and you're just too much. I, I don't deserve this. And Jesus reminds us, no, this is not about you. This is not about you. This is about grace and we're going to take it forward and we're going to move forward into the kingdom. Um, so th that's where we're at here. This is when we become much more outward focused than when we're, we're here. This is going from baby to like teenager to early 20s where you have more worldly experience, but you're still kind of stupid. You know, you still, you, still need, um, you still need that direction from mentors. You still, and I think you always need direction from mentors, but um, we, we need help and we start getting outside of our little box of when we were little kids being, being handheld all the time. Uh, some principles on that. Um, it's not easy, but it's our joy. Taking and reaching out to others, it's, you're, you're going to take some hits. If you, you move from this place and you get serious about your Christianity, the people that you used to uh, poop your diapers with uh, on Friday nights at the bars every week and you're not doing that anymore, they're going to ask questions. And you might be able to save one or two people and the other people are going to say, Dude, you're, you're out there now. I don't, I don't have anything to do with that anymore, uh, or you anymore. Uh, I've gone through that in my life. My best friend since fifth grade, I remember in ninth grade, uh, he disappeared on me, moved out of the locker. We shared partners because he didn't want something to do with some Christian freak. And it took him about six, seven months to come back around when he realized it wasn't just a phase. He's like, okay, I can respect that. It's not always easy, but it is our joy to be a part of the kingdom of God, to be part of those testimonies. Uh, it takes time to mature. Don't jump from this stage to here because you don't want to be considered a baby or a toddler. There is, there is things that we need to learn, things we need to understand. Um, so you're still doing evangelism, but don't go out there with your fishing pole yet. You just, it's okay. Just take some time. The, um, the bad part is many people don't leave Joe too. And that's the part I really kind of want to talk to you about is too many people stop here with this self-focused Christianity and they never move to actually do anything for the kingdom. 
And that's pretty jacked up. That's not good. It's not good. It's immature. Um, I remember I was meeting, some of you guys have met Bobby Kennedy, who's been my pastor now for over 30 years, one of my mentors. He taught here a couple of years ago when I was on sabbatical. Um, and I was having lunch with him t- Tuesday, and he was sharing with me this, this one time he was sharing with his church back when he was uh, lead pastoring about this guy um, that was kind of a, physically kind of a train wreck guy. He, um, and he was a pastor's kid. Now, that's, I only tell you that because that was part of his illustration. I hold no difference between pastor kids and, and everybody else in the world. No one else in the world should hold a difference between pastor kids and everybody else in the world. I think this church that my kids have been allowed to have real walks and not have to some kind of weird stereotype of what pastor kids are supposed to look like. But in this illustration, this guy was a pastor kid, and he goes, he was talking about just how messed up it was because the guy, he's like, the guy would be in middle church and just belch like there's no tomorrow. Just, Cindy, you thinking about Chuck? Is that why you laughed? No. <laughs> Your kid? And now we know why JT normally doesn't sit right behind mom. <laughs> but he would bel- belch. Uh, it was nothing for him to, like, pass gas. And some of you guys find that fun. No, Cindy, don't keep laughing. You're telling too much about your family. The, uh, that, there would be times, like, in the fellowship hall or whatnot, I'd be talking in fellowship, and uh, he would just make these weird noises and stuff that, that weren't, like, real woods and just be uncomfortable. It even got so bad that this, uh, uh, this PK took and uh, started urinating in his pants at times. Um, and so he's like, you know, can you imagine uh, th- this going on in the church? And then you guys probably pretty much already figured it out. He's, I'm talking about my kid. My kid was one at the time. No one cared because he's a baby. We all expect that. You know what I mean? But if he was 30 and he was still doing the same things, that's a little messed up. Now, physically, there, there was uh, times that physically we'll have situations like, like uh, most of you guys know Josh, a uh, great kid in our church who's uh, autistic and nonverbal, um, that you'll, you'll see him come down here and stuff. He kind of hangs up in the upper room a lot of times during church, and uh, he has many struggles that we just mentioned that he will not grow out of because of a physical dis- disability. Uh, if you see him, give him a fist bump. He's the greatest kid in the world. But if he didn't, then there would be some counseling involved in that. Why is that going on? This isn't right. That's the same spiritually. I know people that have been Christians for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and they've not moved out of this chair. And that's not following Christ. That's not maturing as Christ. How long should this take? Again, it depends on the person. But I will say that one example that we have is the disciples. And they sat in this chair for about a year and a half, two years after picking up their crosses daily, after learning at the feet of Jesus, after exhibiting, when he started sending them out in uh, 72, or sending out the 12, was about halfway through the ministry. So we shouldn't be here forever. If you find yourself here, if you've not told somebody about Jesus in a while, if you've not been involved in some kind of ministry, either personally or through the church or in the community, those type of things, you might be sitting here. Uh, and then after that, just relax and enjoy the ride. Okay, so I need a symbol for this chair. I've been looking forward to bringing this in sooner or later. Ah, we got this in November. Uh, there's a young lady named Ga- uh, it's Gabby or Morgan? Gabby. Sorry, Gabby, because she said she might watch today and now I look like a jerk. I do like her quite a bit. And she uh, is doing a mission trip to Cuba 
later this year. And she's been raising money to be able to go on this trip. And so last November, our church supported her ministry. And in exchange, not that we need an exchange, but they were kind enough, her father is a fly fisherman. And Jenny went to school with him, so she's known him for quite some time. And he makes custom-made fishing poles. And so he brought this down to us. And it is gorgeous. If you're not a fisherman, give you an idea, these sell for somewhere between $900 to $1,000 a pole. Can't put everything right there. Can't, I won't be able to sit in seat four. Go. I knew it wasn't going to stay. And I'll tell you what, do you guys, do one of you guys fish? Occasionally. Occasionally? I don't fish at all, and I'll tell you what, this thing, this thing feels pretty. Now, I was going to say, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Poor Brenda's up here like, please don't hit me, please don't hit me, please don't hit me. But, George, you say you do a little bit? Oh, no, you said you did a little bit. Yeah. Come feel this thing, man. Just feel how it balances. I watch Princess Bride. I love Princess Bride, and it talks about the sword specifically. It's just gorgeous. Uh, they gave it to our church as a thank you for, uh, like, I think we gave $400. Thanks to your support, we were able to support her. Uh, so I thought this would be a good day to bring that in because we're not supposed to be here. We're supposed to be in the water doing something, right? So oh, but I don't know if there's enough room in here. Let's see. We'll just we'll lean it like this. And it will fall, won't it? Ah, oh, son of a gun. Mike, you might not be able to do a song later because there's a fisher pole in your way. Does that work? There it is. There it is. Okay, chair four. Because that's not the end of it. The end of it is go and bear fruit. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appoint you call you, design you, commission you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. If this is getting more into evangelism, what this seed is, is I've led people to the Lord and now I am under the rabbi as their rabbi. People very easily can understand a oh, pastor has disciples or the church or the flock with that calling. You as a Christian, as you mature, need to be teaching other Christians. When we look at the Great Commission, okay, so uh, we will not put it on the screen, but we'll put it up for those at home. Um, Matthew 28, go and lead people to the Lord of evangelism. Baptize them. Got to do some of those today. Pretty excited about that. First step of faithfulness. Um, and then teach each other to obey everything I've commanded you. That's our calling. Acts 1 tells us to do this in your hometown, do this in your country, do this in, with people that are different than you and do this in, in, in all the world. This is where I'm really moving into the fullness of it, where I'm actually leading others. If you, uh, other contexts, again, it's easiest within church because we have that common denominator. Mike is leading people in worship, in the, in the worship team. It, it should not just be, hey, can you play this chord? It should be we're growing in Christ together. Jessica's doing that with their teachers and with the kids' ministry. Katie's doing that within the youth, youth group. That's easy to see in the church, but within your life, you should be discipling people, not just reaching out to them, but helping them to mature. That's this step. That's where that moves into. So um, let's look at some of the principles there. 
Uh, the goal is multiplication. The goal is not to have the largest church in town, but it is multiplication. We, we're constantly reaching so that the kingdom is growing. Um, we have different ministries who look different from one another, and we'll get into more about our spiritual gifts, our passions, our abilities, our personalities, our uh, experiences, all the things that make you unique. So some people might do this through food ministry, some people might do this through teaching, some people might do this with kids, some might, people might do this with seniors. There's a lot of different ways it would look. The one thing we have to watch is that those who get to this place, the traditional church will sometimes see them as the enemy or that they're going rogue. And so as a church, we need to be able to also be able to support people that their ministries don't follow under our umbrella, but that God is using them in, in new ways and be able to support them and help them as well. So this is the four steps. Basically, you start loss, you end up a baby, you get to be a teenager, and now you're a dad, right? Now you're a mom. Now you're actually leading people that are younger than you into their maturity, and your joy is when they get to leave the house and they get to do it again. So the question becomes, where are you in this model of things? Oh, I need a symbol for this one. We'll use this. And we'll use this. Now, I talked to you about Pastor Jeff of Mount Vernon Avenue Church of Christ, and he had told me in that meeting, he said, if you want to come see how we, we've kind of brought this into our church, feel free to come over. And I'll tell you, I went over this week just because I wanted to check it out. And he's a pretty smart guy. And man, hey, he's a smart guy. And so they really have this entrenched into I don't think we'll have it as entrenched as they do and how they focus it in. Um, but they also start talking about how do I move from chair to chair. If I'm at chair one, it's easy. If you acknowledge with your mouth, he's the son of God. You believe in your heart, die, rose again. You're king, I'm not, I'm following you. Right there, you just accept the invitation to follow him. Come see to follow him. But how do we move over to real official men? You mature, you partner with Jesus. You start learning who you are. And when I say who you are, I actually get a little nauseated when I hear, I'm living my best life now, be true to yourself, be the best you. Just add a little bit to it. Live your best life in Christ. Find out who you are in Christ. Start partnering with that, with your gifts and your abilities and your passions. And as you learn more, you'll invest more into sharing it out to those that are around you. Um, one of the things I... I I skipped, I want to make sure we have in here. Evangelism is uh, re relational and it's natural if you're healthy. If you're not sharing Christ with others, then there's something wrong with your spiritual life. If our church is not, there's something wrong with our spiritual life. It's natural as we're sharing out. So as we learn more and we experience more and we mature more, then we will naturally start moving into chair three. If you're, not, if you're in chair three, chair four, again, happens naturally. It's the progression. It's where you start, I've led some people to the Lord now, what in the world do I do with them? Because I'm supposed to nurture them real quick. And there's, there's things we can help with that as a church, there's tools, resources, those type of things. But there's transition between it, and none of that transition happens without your choice. So that's what we're going to be digging into as we look more and more into it. That's where we're going to be growing. How do we move forward? For many of you guys, I've already got... Um, this, this one, Walk Like Jesus, if you don't, I know we, we gave away 70 last week. I ordered some more that Katie would have in the back afterwards, so make sure you get your book. But um, we as a church, I've asked everybody to go through this together. You don't have to use it as a workbook, but you can use it as a guidebook. 
there was one section that you use on Sunday that says this is what we're talking about this week. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll have some scripture for you to read and reflect on. Uh, Saturday, day off, unless if, oh, I didn't do week day three, I'm behind. Okay, catch up. And then we'll be building off of, not talking about this on Sundays, but building off of it as a foundation as well. And see where God leads us when it comes to these. Does that sound good? Everybody in? Okay, sweet. So I'm kind of excited about this, and I hope you guys geek out on it too. So with that, I can't sit in tier three anymore. I'll sit here. Let me bring up TSF worship. Or at least this, this day's version of it. But yeah, uh, let's see. Miss Audrey, will you go get the kids and bring them over? So Jessica can get in place. Because here's the thing that's cool about today. We're going to pray a little bit. I want to make sure we reflect. And uh, all of us should be able to walk out here with some kind of understanding of where we're at. I, I don't think it's all that, that super difficult. Uh, however, if you do have questions or you have thoughts, things that you want to dig into, please feel free to touch base with me. You know I will be a Panera with you this week, and we can chat. So. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.